When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody? It's Space Camp Fresh, Ricky Shubio, and I'm this week's guest on The Kicks and Shit Show. Y'all need to check that out for real. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Gerard and your girl Gabby back for episode 52 of the Kicks and Shit Show. Bah, 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 bah. See, I I I, I, I followed your your conduction. <laughs> you, you, you are the band director, and I, I I followed that. That was that was good. Oh, thank you. That was like a little test and learn. I'm like, let's see if Gerard is actually gonna. <laughs> now, next time, I'm gonna ignore you completely and just probably oh. do. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to shut down the computer next time. Sorry, guys, this episode has been canceled due to lack of hustle. Lack Bonus of... points if you pick up on the reference on that one. You know, your puns are... Sometimes they're magical, you know? They're puntiferous, but, you know. Other times, I'm like, what are we even talking about here? But yeah, well done. Well, well done, you. Thank you. Uh, Gabby, what is happening in these uh, spring streets? Well, Gerard, there's a lot happening in the streets. It's been a, it's been a crazy week. Like, I'm going to have a real moment for a second. Mm-hmm. As you know, been going through some family stuff. It's It's been really tough, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, you know, self-care is really important during this time. And I'm, the one good thing to me that has really come from this crazy time that we've been in is making it okay for self-care. And I've said this to my mom, to my dad, you know. I have a very close family. We've had some interesting stories. And what matters at the end of the day is no matter how crazy shit is, take time to enjoy things. I also have learned that I think I'm officially the parent now. My mom, I left the hotel room and and she's wearing my KDs. Quite the fit, though. Let me tell you, I don't think uh, KDs have ever been rocked with khakis before (laughs) unless the new version of Jake from State Farm is rocking because he's a little bit swaggier than the OG. But, you know, and my mom... For dinner the other day, had an ice cream soda that was as large as she is. I mean, my mom is five foot one, so I look like some giant next to her. Um, so we've been trying to like laugh and have a little fun. You know, my dad, I joke that I'm going to get him a sponsorship deal with Starbucks because he's his recovery from his surgery has been fueled by mocha frappuccinos. Well played. He's been drinking well them on the daily. Well played. You know, um, and because I want to continue this trend of feats in the streets, <laughs> I also think you have to treat yourself. Yes. Well, you know, no matter what the occasion is, even if it's uh, I got my second vaccine today, so I deserve a present. C- congrats to you on being fully vaccinated. Oh, uh, well, listen, why don't you wait before you start pulling out the streets? Wait in the streets. Wait before you start pulling out the only feats 
uh, OnlyFeeds Instagram or not only only OnlyFans or whatever. Feeds in the feeds <laughs> in the streets. Anyway, I don't know. My favorite part about OnlyFans Feeds page. <laughs> feeds in the streets, guys. Give a follow. Just kidding. Yeah, for, the, for the for the low price of a hundred dollars a month, you can follow <laughs> the sneakers that I am. I was gonna say, you, I was gonna say you, 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 that's what you charge a hundred dollars a month for your OnlyFans Feeds account. I mean, resale prices on yeah. sneakers are kind of wild these I mean, days, Gerard. You're right. I you're right. Like you're make that money right. Somehow, because right. not all of us get some free shit, you know. What, what, are you, what are you even trying to say right now? What, what, what are <laughs> I we... have no idea what I'm trying to say. I think the Vax is talking. Wow, here Especially we go. Especially Vax Let's... and Flax okay. in these streets, okay. you know what I mean? What a beautiful time, am I right, Gerard? Oh, Gerardo? my God. Oh, my God. Where... One thing that I, off the I, rails. Like, off the rails. I love about this, way off the rails, is that these are Nick's colors, Gerard. Listen, listen. You, get ready. Get ready. Uh, Nick's currently the fourth seed right now in the eastern conference like playoffs are like listen listen y'all we've been saying every week you guys keep doing what you're doing you're gonna avoid the plan you're gonna be locked into the actual playoffs not the play in which is not the playoffs the 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 playoffs you're gonna be in there wonderful i'm so happy for you guys long suffering uh i did put out a a knicks video uh on troop a couple weeks ago for all you knicks fans check it out you know you're building, and you're, you have a culture now of accountability. There's competence. You know, listen, half the battle in this league is just being competent as an organization. Something the Knicks could not say about themselves for several years. Now, competence. Guess what happens when you're competent? Oh, you start winning basketball games. Funny how that works. And you set yourself up for the future to continue to be good as time goes on. So... I love it, Knicks fans. Be happy. You know, don't fall in love with anyone yet, player-wise, all right? As I said in my video, only fall in love with those players who can lead you to the promised land. And listen, we know those are generational-type people. There's only like six, seven, eight of those guys in the league, right? None of them play for the Knicks. Correct. (laughs) They don't grow on trees, right? But, but, you build the culture, right? You develop your young guys, and then who knows what could happen as time goes on. So shout out to Knicks fans. You guys deserve it. I just want y'all to be happy. Listen, just enjoy the postseason. Enjoy fun games at Madison Square Garden. As, as we know, the uh, Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio have stated dates for lifting um, bans on what's happening. So I don't know if it'll be full, full come playoffs, but the Garden will be pretty rocking. So, so, you know, and if you're fortunate and you can get yourself some tickets or you can work a game or whatever, get yourself in there and just enjoy the fun. I totally agree. First of all, shouts to True Hoop. I <laughs> love that episode <laughs> that you talked all about the Knicks. Second of all, Gerard, you're giving me vibes of this viral sensation that gives me like some Cardi B vibes. You know, the, the woman who talks with her nails like yes. this yep, yep. and all you see is the nails. I loved how passionate you were in that segment. So for those <laughs> who are listening to us on the Bobcat podcast feed, please head over to YouTube so you can see Gerard's nails having that full conversation. I stand for that hand, Gerard. I stand for it. But <sighs> I got to ask you. Yes. What's going on in your streets, uh, Listen, playoffs are coming. That's what's going on. I, I'm, I'm gearing up for, we got eight or so, eight, nine games, depending on who you are, left. It's go time, right? Like, uh, I'm, I want to be ready. No DNP CDs. I want to be ready. Come playoffs. We're ready to rock and roll. Um, and, you know, I, I'm also um, looking forward to the weather changing. Um, the world is starting to 
slowly move back into normal is not the right word, but um, moving things, living life again amidst now a, a, a pandemic. Um, more people are vaccinated. People are, you know, people got to still be safe. So you still need to wear your mask, all that stuff. But, you know, we're, 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 we're doing good. We're doing good. And, I, and I'm happy for the fact that it doesn't seem like things are getting crazy out here. And, you know, as far as sneakers goes, there's a lot happening in the sneaker world in terms of collabs. Um, you know, shout out to our, our, our friend Nick DiPaolo, whose sneaker show debuted on the boardroom as he teased Kevin Durant was his first guest. Um, and I thought it was cool because KD mentioned a couple, uh, one thing I thought was pretty interesting. One, he and Kyrie talked about doing a collaboration shoe together, which would be interesting, right? As you know, they both have their own signature lines at Nike, right? They're, of course, teammates on the Brooklyn Nets. That would be interesting. Um, and secondly, the Kyrie um, has a Kyrie 7 collab with Concepts that is going to be out on Friday, May 7th. So by the time this comes out, it'll already have been out. Uh, I don't have any seatings. A- ain't nobody sending me nothing. I don't know nothing about no raffles or how you get them or anything of that nature. But I know they're going to be popular because Kyrie is often a popular figure. And what's also interesting, too, as Nick, Nick talked about with KD, KD is one of only three players um, to have 14 or more signature shoes. Um, of course, the other two being Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So, you know, it's a pretty cool Nike basketball company. I thought that was that was pretty neat. I really love that. I mean, you know how I feel about KDs. I think they're one of the most underrated sneakers out there. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can get them on sale sometimes for some of these hype colorways. They're also just from a functionality standpoint. Like, they're a nice mix of, of fashion and function. Like, the 14s with that animal print. Whew! I mean, that might be next week's Feats in the Streets, you guys. Not to be confused with America's favorite segment. That's right, Shoe and Tell, which, of course, as you all know, is presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks. Um, no, you know, so I, I feel like, and by the way, I do want to talk about those, those Kyrie 7 concept collabs. They look mm-hmm. kind of fire. Not kind of, they look, they look fire. And, but, you know, I, I got to work my angles and figure out, okay, who can get me a pair of these? Because again, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know how they're releasing it. Like, is it, do you have to go to concepts to get it? I think that's probably what it seems like, you, which there is one here in the city, but. Ain't Bring no, on the stampede. Well, right. Ain't, ain't nobody trying to get involved in that, so I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I don't know anybody that works the concept, so there's that problem. Um, may I have to just reach out and touch someone at Nike and see see what's happening over there. Reach like, out and touch Faith, you know what I mean? <laughs> and see if... Uh, Nike see. can be your personal Jesus if you play it correctly, Gerard, all right? Sneakers are a religion. <laughs> and see if they got see if they got any, uh, any advice for me on how to cop these shoes. I did show the pair of Kyrie's last week, the fly trapped. Um, and I do the, the Kyrie shoe is one of the more popular Nike Nike shoes of Nike basketball shoes. Um, and well, our good friend Trey always says the only things that people like about them is it's a consistent shoe. People know what to expect when it comes out. And because we know sneakers tell stories, Kyrie, all, there's always something connected to it with anything that he does, right? Whether it be the all-knowing, the all-seeing eye, right? That the, the homage to his Native American heritage, like. There's so many different things, and with this collaboration, ours, it's pretty cool. It goes back to um, Egypt and the pyramids, and it's it's a it's a really really cool collab. And also, if you have time, folks, the Concept Store has a whole uh, interactive experience with these shoes. Um, so Ooh. yeah, so if you want to, you know, head down there, I, I wouldn't head down 
on Friday because, you know, <laughs> since the shoot's coming out that day, it's probably going to be a little crazy. It's going to be a little crazy. All right, but, you know, once that part's done, it's pretty cool to just check it out. Because, again, sneakers tell stories, right? It's a canvas, and that's one of the reasons why we enjoy it so much. And I think that's what I love about some of these other brands, right? I know we talked about the, the Zion Williamson one last week, and we've gotten some quite the interesting feedback mm-hmm. from you guys mm-hmm. on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. So appreciate you guys chatting and chopping it up with us. But I, I think it's, it's just interesting to see this kind of new wave of sneakers and athletes, right? That a lot of it is predictive of a potential instead of like what a player has actually done when it's that first shoe, right? You're mm-hmm. taking a gamble. But I think, you know, some of the other shoes that are out there right now, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I love me some Jordans, mm-hmm. but at a certain point, when do you lose the innovation and it feels like just another colorway, right? And we mm-hmm. talked about this a bit last week, but that's what I love about some of the other silhouettes is it's a whole new canvas. And, mm-hmm. you know, I not my personal favorite with the colorways that came out with the Zion right. one, but, like, I understand the design. It's got, like, that cool, almost, like, cartoony... Mm-hmm. Zorro Z kind of... Zorro-type, yeah, yeah. like, lightning bolt to it, which I think is, is really neat. And I think, like, I'm excited to see how that kind of turns into a canvas. And I love the way that, you know, the different silhouettes of the different players, like, yeah. to your point, they tell a story over time. Like, the way that we see LeBron's... Like, it's a bulkier shoe, but that's been consistent throughout. Yeah. KD has the extra cushioning consistent throughout. Kyrie, always a lightweight shoe, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. mid-range mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I yep. like it. Yeah, so no. I'm excited to see what's next. Uh, uh, we we love it out here. And folks, stay tuned. We have a special guest coming up. Someone, uh, digital creator, photographer, storyteller, all involved in these sneaker streets. You may have heard of him. We're not going to say who it is yet until he actually comes on. So stay tuned. What's good, everybody? We are back. Gabby, we're not alone. We are joined by digital storyteller, content creator, brand consultant, Ricky Shubio, a.k.a. Space Camp Fresh. Good morning, everybody. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Thank you, guys. You know, like, super excited. You know, been, you know, I've been following from the beginning, so this is something Mm -hmm. I'm excited to officially get sit to sit down and do with you guys. We appreciate it. Were you, when I said a.k.a., were you like, shit, what's he about to say? No, because, you know, it's, it's always surprising, and I had, like, recently done a conversation with somebody where they railed off so many different things. I felt like Apollo Creed and, like, Rocky uh, Ford, and they were like, did he add more nicknames? And I was like, yeah, I think he added more nicknames. He's going with it. Like, hey, you know? I love it. I Just love it. night doesn't go out that way, like, you know, oh, the yo. whole Drago thing. Like, Jesus. R.I.P. Apollo, man. Throwing the towel, man. Come on, son. He was listen, getting, he was getting listen, worked. Listen. <laughs> I think I ever watched that movie being like, this is kind of traumatic and very sad to watch, right? I was like, this getting is teary eyed. Yeah, this is about terrible. It. It's very emotional. I was like, what? The whole definition of that escalated quickly. Like, yeah, you know, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. There's no better, like, full just picture and video yes. definition next to it. Just put Apollo Creed. Like, it went from, I got this. I don't have this at all. In fact, I'm not even in mind and spirit. I am in another realm now. It is over. The, the, the scene that gets me. Is he's getting work, but he still stays. Not get knocked, didn't get knocked to the canvas yet. He turns to his wife and he's like, "No, nah, I'm good." And she's got the teary eye. I'm like, "Oh no, that gets me every time." I'm just like, "Jesus, bro! Like you out here trying to tell her like we good? Like no, nah, money, you are not good." Like, she, oh, she knew, she knew a hundred from the jump. She knew. 
listen, Rocky was about to throw that towel, and he mutters, "Don't you, don't you throw that towel?" And it's like I, I'd have been like, "Listen, bro, you trying to be alive or what?" Nah, we good. Like, and this is back when we're talking about like boxing and fights like that, going like fifteen rounds, like you know, before you had a lot of protocols exactly. in place. So exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. What a time, though. I mean, what a time. What a time. I'm just hoping like this. I don't know if you guys saw this viral clip of Jake Paul. Oh that lord. Was going around today. Listen. With listen. Mr. Mayweather. Yeah. I mean, listen. Jake is such a punk. Listen, like, here, that's here, all I gotta here, say. Here's my whole thing about this, folks. Stop shoveling and eating this BS. People are spoon feeding for you. Okay. Like, if you want to watch Floyd, like actually box an actual boxer and do like a cool no problem with that this made for tv just because it's you know we know what it's going to do it's going to get a certain segment of the country riled up and it's it's Mm -hmm. all to get you we are living in the movie idiocracy right now and it is being happening to us right in our faces do not fall for this crap it is nonsense silly nonsense i will not be watching any of this or engaging in any of this foolishness ricky the floor is yours That's a tough act to follow. Hey, if, it, if it's on somebody's TV, uh, I may support it. I, I and support, I mean loosely. I don't even mean like, hey, I'm going to be adamantly caring about this. And my whole split on it is just like, you know, Logan's the older brother. He's a little bit more reserved. He's, you know, I hate to say that he's less hateable. But Jake, man, Jake is just different. And the thing is, you know, a bunch of my friends are like, well, why doesn't he get into a ring with an up-and-coming fighter at 190 since he's a boxer? And we all look at, like, the room goes silent every time because there's a couple of fighters. Like, um, Tyson Fury's got a little brother that fights at the same weight class. Right. He's got three wins or yeah. three three or four professional wins. Right. But this guy can punch like right. a Fury. Right. <laughs> sure. Let's put it together. They'll both make great bank off of it. He gets to fight a Fury brother. I think they're both coming in at light heavyweight. No problem. Let's let's get the fight signed. Let's get it done. It's got enough of a name, but Jake wouldn't walk out of there and wake it up. Uh, so no, that, that's how no, that would work. No, 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 no. You don't want to fight a professional fighter. You want to fight guys that... Yeah. Like Nate Robinson. Like Nate Robinson. Listen. I mean, I, it was hard to watch. I mean, I can neither confirm or deny if I support this <laughs> pending fight or that I will watch it or not watch it. I don't want anything on the record, but <laughs> that's why that stuff does well, you know, because you never really know when people are out of their element. It's right, just, and my thing know. is, I need, I may need, I may need Nate Robinson on a red table talk for what the hell happened <laughs> in that fight because like, he needs, he needs a come to Jesus moment. He needs some soul searching. Like, you know, it's like you, you can't go out like that. Like, that, that's, <laughs> listen, as much as you were talking coming into it and the stuff Nate said, like, yeah, man, you know, I almost went to the NFL. I could have did this. I could have did that. Could have done nothing. A football player in college and things just don't translate the same way, you know? Shouts to uh, Jada, Willow, and Gams, by the way. Red Table Talk. Let's do it. Let's do it up. <laughs> get, 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 get Nate out there. You know that. Listen, that, that Red Table tends to elicit a lot out of you. Um, oh, yeah. what, one of my favorites, yeah, not, now we are, we're down this Red Table Talk. Yep. I, one of my more <laughs> hilarious moments of Red Table Talk was when they had Tony Braxton on, uh, who's for sure one of my favorite R&B singers. Uh, love me some Miss Tony Braxton. So um, she was talking about um, her ex-husband, uh, who was a lead singer, lead singer of Mint Condition, a famed R&B group from the 90s. 
And the minute, the minute she says that, Jada busts out into pretty brown eyes. I was dying, dying <laughs> laughing. It was, she's like, that was my jam. And then Tony was like, yeah, mine too. <laughs> Like, yeah, I can't enjoy the song the same way. Like, I don't, I don't look at Stokely like you look at Stokely. It's, it's a bit different. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, the Red Table Talk. Oh, it's, it's good for some tea spilling, that's for sure. Anyway, back to the reason why you're here, Ricky. Sneakers, my guy. So let's start from the beginning. When did you fall in love with sneakers? Uh, being a 90s kid, I mean, I think it was hard not to be in love with with sneakers to an extent. I mean, I mean like actual love. Like, you know, it, everybody had them on. You had different variations. You had a lot of athletes getting newer opportunities and, uh, like MJ said, earning those opportunities that you really didn't see. It was like, you know, marketing and advertising and signature deals became the newer thing with so many different athletes at that time and so many different faces. It was almost hard not to love sneakers to an extent plus i played basketball you know uh even up until a little bit of college so it was impossible like i couldn't be out here just like oh yeah i play in whatever and not have some sort of new uh nuance of it or understand certain nuances or affinity for sneakers so it's just tough tough not to do it yeah and so did you grow up in the new york city area yeah, so Jersey, born and raised, and a lot of family from New York, and New York back and forth uh, a lot throughout my life, uh, which makes it ironic with some sports takes, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, we can talk about that for hours. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Okay, now I need to you, know. You, you opened up Pandora's box. I'm going to start with this. You have a Mets hat on, <laughs> so yeah. if that's not just to color coordinate with what your fly tie-dye top is, and you actually are a Mets fan... So we won and won so far. I love the Mets. Grew up a Mets fan. I remember the 86 World Series. Yes, I am that old. Um, so, all right, we cool. Mets. Give me something else. What else you got? Well, it does match, but I don't hate the Mets. Oh. So, it does match. I like to coordinate. I'm an A's fan. So, everybody, okay. if, 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 you know, uh, you know, Bash Brothers, uh, you know, Moneyball, you know, not having a wealthy organization, but still being able to build a quality team. Plus, okay. you know, a little 13-game win streak that, you know, got snapped last week, but we're still playing pretty okay. well. I'm All not, right. Okay. Not against Okay. Okay. Now, where things get tough. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think this is going to hurt you, Gabby. I think this is going to hurt you, Gabby. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had this conversation. Here it comes. Here it we comes. Haven't. I feel like I need to like pour in alcohol for this conversation. Here, here, here it comes. Here it comes. I love a lot of people within the organization. <laughs> oh boy. Of <laughs> a lot of players that have gone through the organization. <laughs> but but growing up around diehard Knicks fans in the nineties. <laughs> oh boy. Fletching this for doing the, uh, this is our year energy every year and all we got to do is make the playoffs and if so-and-so stays healthy and if his knee is good and as a child <laughs> just hearing that around so many family events around so many New Yorkers and I can watch the TV and just see this team isn't that good for you guys to feel the way you feel but there was one man that embodied all of the disdain I could ever imagine for the organization. That man was Reggie Miller. Mm. And he made me a Pacer fan. Oh, 
That yeah. 30 for 30 feels like the first time every time. The Knicks versus Reggie Miller. It was oh, like yeah. one of the early 30 for 30s. Beautifully done. Yep. Listen. The, Two the, thumbs down. I cry every time. The Knicks had many tormentors during their famed 90s run. Chief among them, the top two tormentors, of course, the GOAT, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, right? He just he, he took y'all heart every time. Y'all every thought, time all right, MJ went out gambling last night. We got him. He ain't going to be ready. Uh, no problem. Drop 50. Oh, uh, cool. All right, well, we don't, we, don't, we don't got that. And then Reggie. <laughs> I mean, this man was going back and forth with Spike. Like, it didn't matter. He hit y'all with seven points in, like, however many seconds it was. I mean, he listen. It, 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 it was the 90s era Knicks was, and I'm not a Knicks fan, so it doesn't hurt me, but it was, I, I felt for you all because it was really about victim of circumstance, right? Like, it's like all the players who were born, who were of the same generation of LeBron, KD, and Steph and these guys, right? It's like, you're, you're just, your birth year is just unlucky, right? Like, you just happen to be born into an era where these guys are just too good. It's going to be real yeah. hard to knock them off. For the yeah. Knicks, their peak just coincided with Jordan and then get the Pacers right behind us. It's just, you know, and I say this all the time because obviously covering the NBA and doing sports, we need to give teams more credit for advancing to the conference finals and even just making an NBA finals. The vast majority of players will never even play in a conference finals, much less an NBA finals, Okay. I mean, the 90s Knicks, shit, y'all, been, you got to a finals and you've been to what? You've been to conference finals. I mean, you just, yeah. kept, you just kept running into a buzzsaw, which, fuck, it happens sometimes. What are you going to do, you know? It's, trust me, and being a Pacers fan. You know, yeah. LeBron in the East for so long, it's like, hey, we can only do but so good, and then we're going to run into LeBron, and maybe it'll be our year, but I doubt it. Right. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's how – Definitely how basketball works out. You can look at some of the other sports and maybe, you know, you get a toss up where there's a play somebody makes to make a hell of a difference. But with basketball, mm-hmm. it's very consistent to say yeah. you're going to see certain figures and certain faces around certain places. And mm-hmm. unless somebody goes down with an injury, it's going to get tough. It's going to be tough to get past. Them. Yeah. And that's, and, the, that's the thing about serious basketball, right? Like yep. it is hard to beat these guys four times out of seven. Right? That, that's, yep. that, that's the right. Because, like, the Knicks, it wasn't like Jordan swept them every time. Those were seven-game series. It's just hard to beat that MFR four times. That's right. right. Like, it's just what it is. And right. Reggie and LeBron and all, and all Steph, all these guys, it's just hard to do. But, you know, listen, it, it, it was a wonderful era. Knicks just starting to come back. Pacers, yeah. y'all, y'all got some issues going on <laughs> in, in that town right now. Your man, Boy, Nate Bjorkman, about to get fired at the end of the season. Like, I don't know. It's what definitely needed because my <laughs> thing is just – if you look at the roster with a healthy roster on paper, they were like, oh, this is 3-4 seed. And, you know, you shake a few things up with the roster. Uh, you know, couldn't get my guy Karis LeVert in immediately, you know, shouts to him coming in and doing his thing. But now he's in. Brogdon's out. T.J. Warren's still out uh, for the entire season. You still got Sabonis in and out. You know, Miles Turner just never fully catching stride to what everybody mm-hmm. expected him to be. He's still very young, but never fully hitting that elite big man stride. He's an elite defender. No doubt. Uh, great up and down the court to get a good live and things like that, but just never fully hitting stride. I think we just got Jeremy Lamb back, I think, like three three weeks tag, three and a half weeks back, four weeks back. So it's just like, it's one of those years where you pack it in, look towards next season, see who's getting added, see who's leaving, and see what uh, 
they do to shake up the office to make sure we're playing the right style of basketball. Um, I'll say this as we wrap on the pages. Karis LeVert, one of my favorite guys to cover on the Brooklyn Nets, so very happy he's doing his thing uh, yeah. out, in, out in Naptown. DeMontis Sabonis, Domas has been one of my favorite players in the NBA. I just love his game. Um, listen, Nate Bjorkman is your problem, but he's going to be gone. And the biggest sign that you have here that he was a bad coach hire is that TJ Warren said, now, you know what? I'm going to get elective surgery so I don't have to play for this dude. Okay? When, when those things happen, that's a sign like, mm, maybe we made the wrong hire here. But right. it looks like you guys are going to be moving on. But we're talking hoops, so let's go to 90s. You're a 90s kid. What were some of those favorite 90s basketball shoe silhouettes? I mean, oh. I mean, it, it, could I be a sneaker enthusiast without mentioning anything Jordan in the nineties? I, I mean, don't know if that's no, possible. No, but, so that, know, so that's a given. We, yeah. Right. Uh, for me, all right. Since we're talking about it, if you ask me, actually, what was my favorite signature line? It's actually not Jordan's. It's okay. not a basketball shoe. My oh. favorite signature line is. Uh, Actually, Andre Agassi's. Yo, so we're, yo, yo, that is a curveball I am here for. Yes, I had a so, pair of Agassi's. Yep, I used to love those. Yeah. So you know, until he switched over into the mid '90s and like '96, where you're talking about the alarms. I actually have a pair of, of alarms from '96. Um, but you talk about that late '80s run and the early '90s run, just with what he did. Um, and you know, maybe an infant, not even seeing it, but getting a chance to see it later on. Uh, always loved up tempos. My pops loved up tempo. So if you talk about hardcore nineties, uh, I was an up tempo kid. My pops loved up tempos. Uh, and that was really big for me. Uh, as a Pacers guy, ironically, one of the first pairs we're talking about 97, either it's either 98 or 99. Maybe it's 2000, but I don't think so. If there's an old picture that I found and my sister found, and I'm in like, a red, like, uh, bad boy, like, parachute suit. suit uh, <laughs> but I've got on the OG um, pillars. Oh. The yellow color with Pacers color. Look at you. But it completely doesn't match the outfit at all. But you I had to rock them, though. Yeah, but, you know. Right, you know, so. It's just, like, if you're talking about shoes of that era, that was definitely it. You know, uh, even back then, foams were, like, ridiculously priced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, listen. Ridiculously priced compared to market scale and all that stuff and just saying, like, what people can naturally afford. Uh, because back then, you're talking about, you know, um, we didn't do so many of the bigger retailers all the time. You had mm-hmm. a lot of smaller sneaker stores Mom still being shops. around. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so it was a definitely a different experience. But those shoes, as far as the basketball side, uh, everything else, like, you know, still Air Max heavy. Very, very Air Max heavy. Um, you know, I remember having... It's like you can go through certain years and attach certain things. Like there was, if you talk about the early 90s, every kid, and I mean, like if we were, you know, two, three, four, like everybody was in a pair of pumps. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you start to talk about certain shoes were just staples Mm -hmm. of a time, you know, Uh, at least in this corner of the world. Because there's a lot of things that people don't realize that used to be that really aren't Mm -hmm. uh, is where you had like regional shoes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm conversation with somebody and just said like you know different air maxes were bigger in different places like you know overseas like you know 97s were huge mm-hmm. you know but out here at least uh where i was from in jersey we loved 95s mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know you had certain places that loved 90s you had mm-hmm. certain places that loved air max ones you had certain places that 
went with like you know Air Max Pluses and stuff like that. But ninety fives were crazy. Uh, where I was from, if you're talking about chili reds or fire reds and the you freshwater ninety fives and a lot of those, the OG neon orange one, I mean neon green and the orange uh, ones as well that came out afterwards. Like you just talk about a lot of different shoes being staple shoes. So that that's that's nineties wise. Uh, and that may segue into something. So when you guys are ready, that may segue. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See what you're doing there. But it, it's true. It is very interesting, you know, seeing the different types of silhouettes and kind of where they really resonate. Like, I feel like New Balance is having a moment right now. Um, And you're starting to see a lot more of the Reebok, uh, the question mids, which is great to see. But, like, you know, we had a, we had some guests on a couple weeks ago about how in the DMB, New Balance was always a thing, you know? And, yep. At prep school, you had a different kind of New Balance, but that was definitely not, like, the cool, trendy vibe. It was a very different vibe, you know? Um, what do you think of some of these silhouettes and brands that are kind of, like, making a comeback? Is it unexpected? And I don't know. What's your favorites? What are you liking? So that's, that's interesting. Um, it depends on how you paid attention to sneakers. So... If certain people were looking at certain things, it'd be easy to say, oh, so-and-so is making a comeback. They were going for a while. But if you look at the boutique side of things with, like, Reebok, there were a lot of people doing a lot of great collabs with Reebok um, on the boutique side. I mean, um, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna shank the year. I know that. But uh, <laughs> when the – I want to say Omnilite pumps did their like mm. 25th or 20th anniversary like every boutique got their own rendition of the omni lights so you know like sns had a pair uh i think extra butter had a pair like you know i think uh who else concepts had a pair mm-hmm. a bunch of places had them so you saw things like that you know you've, you've seen boutiques keep a lot of those brands afloat in people's mind just keeping keeping them relevant like I mean, let's not forget, like, before Kith was doing Nike and doing all this stuff, they were coming out with Asics mm-hmm. heavily. They were coming mm-hmm. out with New Balances mm-hmm. heavily. And that's where, like, you know, Ronnie made a I lot of his it. name, mm-hmm. you know, doing a lot of the Asics collabs. So for certain people with sneakers, like, you know, a lot of us are going to say certain brands never left. It is nice to see um, the bigger stage take to them with a lot of the retro releases. So I do love what Reebok's doing right now. Um, and I got a lot of family over at Reebok. Gabby, you know that I, I do a lot of stuff with Reebok, some stuff soon coming with Reebok. Um, my thing with them, and not in a bad way, I just always say, like, I would love to see them tap further into that vault uh, just to see what's in there because there's some crazy silhouettes in no there doubt. That, that would do well with the premium mock-up right now. It doesn't even have to be because uh, we ran into that issue in the mid-2000s uh, into like the early 2010s where it was like, oh, we're going to bring out an old version of a shoe. And this is with multiple brands, not just Reebok. We're going to bring out an old version of a shoe, but we're going to put a new spin on it for this day and age. Like, no, just give people the old shoe. That's that's what they want. They don't want the new mm-hmm. rendition. Like, <laughs> new materials on them, but don't give me, oh, we're going to go with, with a Velcro overlay instead of straps. Uh, with straps. We don't want the remix. Right. You know, no remixes. Just give us the old shoe. And there's so much stuff in so many people's vaults that I think could just do so well. Um, I also got to say, if we're asking just, I can't even say my dark horse. It's just 
if I looked at it right now and said I love how everything's being done or or ninety five percent of things being done, I gotta say Puma. Mm-hmm. Like Puma, it's it's mm-hmm. it's good. Like you know, on so many different levels. Like they are somebody that I can actually say, you know, we got the new rendition of the Clyde. Uh, where they went with the mesh and then, you know, translucent soul. And I said, that was actually good. You know, you get to see, you see what they're doing with um, Rude. It's good. You know, it's it's just Puma's doing well on so many, so many sides. And it's so interesting to see. You got the stuff with J. Cole. You got the stuff with um, uh, Emery, Emery mm-hmm. Jones, mm-hmm. how he stepped in and tried to bring it on the lifestyle side of it. I just love what Puma's doing overall. Like, you know, Nike's going to be Nike. Nike's always at the forefront, you know, but just saying innovative ideas. Um, I'd, I'd throw, if I had to liken Nike to Apple, in my mind right now at the moment, I would say Puma is Samsung. Mm. And the thing about oh. Samsung is like, you know, Samsung's always that one that'll that'll put something crazy that nobody else has in the market in their in their phone to say let me steal a customer or two i feel like people genuinely enjoy puma without feeling like they have to compete against somebody else it's not like oh well i wanted these it's not versus they can like it in its own space and it's doing very well because they're attacking from so many angles I love that, especially like I feel like with Adidas, and that's kind of where it throws me a little bit because my natural my natural thought would be, oh, Adidas would be the other one as the Samsung, but again, it, they're competing against each other more directly. It, it is true, right. like with some of the other brands, like a Puma, you can have a Puma and a Nike and an Adidas. Right. Just right. don't wear them all together. Right? No, <laughs> definitely don't wear them all together. I think um, with Adidas, the tough part is there's there's so much. They're leaning on the Yeezy side of things so much. And, you know, for everybody that uh, watched the culmination of um, Adidas getting to the point that they were prior to Yeezy. So, like, you know, I was into Y3s. You mm-hmm. know, I liked um, the Raph, the Raphs. Uh, I liked um, Jeremy Scott's as they were leading oh, up the to the Jeremy Apollo. Scott stuff was fire back in the day. You know, and. You know, I thought a lot of the initial waves of the human races were great, too. You know, mm-hmm. but now it's just like, you know, I I hate to say it this well, I was I almost said, well, I can't even think of a Adidas basketball shoe, but that's not the truth either. So uh, <laughs> I feel like with what's going on with James Harden this year, they've had to lean off of him as a star. They can't really focus on driving his shoe that same way um, with Donovan Mitchell being injured. It's hard to push so much behind his shoe. Uh, you got Dame, but you know Dame. Dame's there, but for this year, for some reason, this year, I feel like there was a lot more marketing into like previous years of mm-hmm. shoes mm-hmm. than I see with this year. And it's it's not a bad thing. Whatever's going on is whatever's going on, but it's it's interesting. And the shoes are better now. Like they're they're better than what we were getting. Who, who am I thinking of? Did Dwight Howard have an mm-hmm. issue? He did. Yeah, it was much better than what we were getting, respectfully, when Dwight Howard had an Adidas shoe. Um, and I said it's no knock to him either on the Knicks now. It's much better than a lot of the D-Roses we saw. Mm. It's just as far as mm-hmm. silhouette. But it's got Adidas has got to go back to, you know, and um, 
upscale vandal Mike Camargo said it just like polarizing product mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of things that's, that's big where basketball shoes are dropping off for so many people is you can't wear them off court yeah like they don't they uh, basketball translate they don't translate and I hear people saying it for a lot of brands like people are saying it about Nike with a lot of the Nike basketball yep. shoes it's like you know I used to be able to wear a Kobe wear a KD casually wear certain LeBrons casually mm-hmm. but now people are just like you know, hey, it's it's basketball, it's performance driven, and I think that's kind of where Puma may be getting off because those Clydes look good casually. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and I think that that's the that's the challenge of the brands, though, right? Because when you sign a Harden or a whomever star NBA player, their first and foremost position is this has to work for me performance wise, or else what what are we doing? Like I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna break my ankles and then <laughs> what what good am I right? So mm-hmm. it's this idea of I have to make this performance shoe first and for certain guys right it needs to be like a LeBron like and it's not about the designs although I don't generally like them that is a bulky bulky shoe I will I would because for me my frame how I am that's just not something I rock with like I can't like a Kyrie on the other hand right that's a very different shoe much lighter right. Design looks a little bit. It's just it's how it works for you individually, right? And I think that you know that that that's some of the challenges that, that the brands are having. Um, you know, you brought up Adidas, and you said you know th- they're having some issues. I wonder if their focus is they're putting all their chips in their betting. Well, this Jerry Lorenzo thing's going to work out great, so we don't got to worry about <laughs> about anything else, right? Like, or is that that's their bet, right? Like, we got Yeezy, we know that's going to be this thing. Jerry Lorenzo's going to work, and we'll be fine. That was a big, if I got to say, like, just moves, that was a big move. And the thing is, you know, in a lot of conversations that I was having, it was nice to see Jerry coming out with original silhouettes. And that was beautiful. So, I, you know, to see that happen and then they, I got to say, Jerry may have did it the best. Like, you know, if you look at it, there's what? How many models? I think there's five different models that he got with Nike, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A couple of them were remixes and remakes, which we expected. It of course. Mm-hmm. You know, Nike's going to say, hey, take this mm-hmm. and make something of it. Mm-hmm. But when you got his, you know, Fear God 1 mm-hmm. and the, what is it, the Air Fear God? Uh, is, is the difference between the two or something along? Uh, you really got to see an original silhouette. And for so many people, mm-hmm. it was reminiscent of the nike yeezy of this would have been the next in line mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. and that was what was refreshing like i would love to see virgil doing a, a fully original show yeah. uh for nike but if that's what jerry did with nike the sky's the limit with adidas because mm-hmm. he's gonna really and plus he's just such a such a down-to-earth genuine guy mm-hmm. um he's gonna be able to really go in there and work with people and fully sketch up and bring things to life without hesitation. Oh, sorry, forgot to mention because always got to mention it. Reebok and Kirby, phenomenal move. Mm-hmm. Great move. It's all worked out. Love every single aspect of it. So that was one thing that was very refreshing for Reebok, and I can't wait to see all of what comes to life with that because that's Kirby's always been a good dog. I, I think, you know, you, you made a great point about Reebok and Kirby and also Jerry. I think Adidas is going to do that, right? They're going to give him that opportunity to create his own silhouette, right? And it's not that – it isn't that Nike – Nike's big thing is like, look, we know our retros work, right? Like the, at the end of the day, like these two companies are businesses, and their goal is to make as much profit and dollars as possible, period, end of story. 
if people in the culture like this stuff, okay, that's an added benefit, but that ain't really what we're, that's not our number one priority. Our number one priority is how do we maximize shareholder value and make all this money? Hey, right. and, and the shareholders say, yeah, these Jordan retros do well. Great. Virgil, here's another silhouette and knock yourself out like that. Right. So it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. But I think cool. if we are going to see stuff that is like going to be sort of shake up the culture, it's going to be. Well, these other brands, Adidas and Reebok, because as you mentioned, Nike's the ever-looming, all-present, like omniscient, always there. They're the big behemoth not going nowhere. And it ain't about toppling them. But if you want to, as you say, siphon off some of theirs or do something different, allow the, the, the collaborators you work with, give them their own, their own palette. All right, man, do you. Create your own. We got That, I think, is going to really get the culture and get people super amped. Of course. Because the thing is, it's, it's but so many times that we can see certain things it, it's it's gonna i mean because now what um there was that deconstructed wave mm-hmm. like you know i i don't think virgil started it i think there were a few deconstructed shoes prior to and then we got deconstructed jordan ones and mm-hmm. then it was everybody was like i've never seen and now you know we've got it where it's kind of ending its cycle i think the last shoe we got was like the ready-mades where you get that deconstructed mm-hmm. look you know, but um, it's it's things will come into phases like that. You know, now for some, and I'm not gonna say for some reason. Uh, now we see clear sneakers coming back, mm-hmm. like clear silhouettes are coming back, which is interesting. So you know, uh, <laughs> Supreme just released a a, a a clear 96, which that is so like <laughs> on so many levels because it's like when anybody brings up Air Maxes, nobody brings up 96s like right. that. Then to transition it into a partially clear silhouette. Um, yeah, the clots just came out. You have a clear, if it didn't come out, it's coming out in the next week. Uh, Adidas Superstar coming out, like a, which it yep. looks, they look good. You know, they look good, but, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at it and just like, all right, so we're going through phases and cycles right now. Like, you know, SBs are back, dunks are back. No, in fact, dunks are back. SBs aren't even back completely. Mm-hmm, dunks mm-hmm. are back because they're releasing regular dunks and they're not SBs, which means they don't have the air unit in it. They don't have the tongue or extra cushioning or support and they're flying off the shelves. You know, I'm sure we can all remember. I remember when Jordan ones were sitting. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it, and so for people to, it's lovely when you hear certain people just be like, Oh no, Jordan ones have always been in. No, they weren't. No, there was, they there were was not. A, <laughs> there's a time that wasn't too long ago you know yeah. where they were sitting you could walk you know, into a store and get them like oh snap my, look at these my black toe ones somebody returned and I got them on, off the shelf like a week after the release and people are like right. no way and I'm like yeah that was the thing right that, mm-hmm. listen there was a whole time where people slowed down on air forces dunks uh and Jordan 1s, just similar. Anything with a big Nike swoosh on it to have it that size. There was a time where people were steering away from that. And now it's back, and it's dope for it to be back. Um, but it's just, you know, cycles and waves, and we see it all occur and all that stuff. So it's interesting to say what's next. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, I'd love to tap into a little bit more. You do a lot of work with brands, a lot of stuff behind the lens, behind the camera. Um, I'd love for you to kind of talk about that journey of going from behind the lens and then now being a personality, an expert, and kind of what that transition has been like. So for me, um, that initially 
started out of necessity for uh, with the magazine I was working with. So um, initially started out as a writer or contributor, then got bumped up into a consistent writer, then from a writer to an editor and to executive editor. And, um, you know, we were just big on, and I say this respectfully because I got so many friends at different publications, I don't want to say anything offensive. <laughs> but uh, we were big on not being a copy farm. So, mm-hmm. like, the thing was just like, you know, industry people, we all know what that term means. Mm-hmm. Just to say, you see one article, you see the same article cited, now it's cited on another site, same article cited on another site. And where it transitioned into visuals was, uh, we felt, we took that stance with the visuals too. It was like, dude, everybody's posting the same picture. So even if we're writing something different, how can we drive unique clicks if it's the same image? Somebody's going to assume. So we need to do something different from a different perspective, different take. There was that. There was also not waiting on the brand or agency to provide us with assets. So for those that don't know, assets Mm -hmm. are your content and deliverables and all that stuff related to it. We didn't want to wait on that stuff because sometimes it was cumbersome and not to say it that way, but when you're a medium-sized outlet, you know, and trying to be in a space of a complex, trying mm-hmm, to be in a space mm-hmm. of a hype beast, high snob, whoever you want to throw out there, and they're super large household names, and you're a medium-sized outlet, you got to wait for them to get the samples mm-hmm. first, and maybe mm-hmm. they get back to you and all this stuff, and it wasn't always the case. So, like, you know, we, um, I was task to start focusing on driving unique visuals too and uh that also came into play to uh with me also doing a lot of groundwork and a lot of event work uh and just having being out there and that was that you know i would be at an event or industry event and i'd be like all right well let me cover the event while i'm there too just mm-hmm. like any typical editor or yep. something like that i'm the person that showed up tonight let me get the shots um and i really f- had an affinity for it so when i left the publication um, just for some creative differences and stuff like that. Nothing crazy. Um, a lot of the people that I worked with were just like, hey, man, when you land on your feet and figure out what you want to do, um, let us know. And I said, well, my biggest thing was being always being a resource to you guys. Like, how can I support you? What can I do for you? And that is what uh, I chose to establish. You know, is establish a content collective uh, you know, basically a consultant marketing agency that can sit there and help along with certain projects as far as crafting visuals and delivering content and doing the marketing and advertising and all that stuff. Just like, all right, how can we help you bring whatever vision for whatever products to life and all that stuff? And, you know, just a little bit of brand consulting on the side. Um, the reason or the way I transitioned into the front of things was um, interesting. In fact, before I did the magazine, I had like uh, I was featured as like the sneaker feature for an event, and it was it was early. Like I actually just talked to um, my guy Jamerson about it right now because he was <laughs> love Jame. Um, he hosted the event, and I was like, dude, that's where we first met. This is in 2015, and. I was like, yo, I was the sneaker feature. Sent him the picture, and he was like, yo, that was it, because we could never figure out where we first met. Um, And that was it. But the thing was, I wasn't so polished or comfortable being that guy yet. I was a guy that collected sneakers, loved sneakers, had a passion for it, and, you know, talked about it like anybody would that collected anything. It was probably a little overly analytical of things, (laughs) just like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, at that phase of life, 
But um, what ended up happening was we were actually doing something with Foot Inc. for Eddie Wong in a release with Adidas when I was with the magazine. He did a food truck and was came to one of the stores and all that stuff, uh, the store on 34th. And he came out and he was uh, we weren't scheduled. We had talked to them to be there, but we couldn't get in through legal and all that stuff to mm. fully interview him properly. So I ended up like we were like, yo, my guy who ran the magazine was like, yo, we need drops. We need we need we need an intro to this. We need all this stuff. And I was like, well, go for it, bro. You're the one in you don't want to do it. He's like, nah, I'm not dressed for it today. <laughs> and he was like, well, do you think Eddie's going to do it? And I'm like, I just talked to them and they're like, Eddie's on a tight schedule. They're like, well, you're dressed. Why don't you do it? I'm like, there we go. So like, it's one of my first videos being in front of the camera and all that stuff. And then from there, um, it was just something that I made sure I focused on in my content because, you know, I felt like climbing the ladder behind the scenes for certain things when people started to uh, be drawn to me just naturally for style and whatever sneakers I had or whatever content I was putting out, it was going to be a tough pull. So I started to put myself in front of the camera a bit more, yep. you know, turn that whole deliveries thing and made it into a segment, made it stuff that was catchy and, and made it presentable. And just from there, it was just, started to get in front of the camera more and it, one of the biggest things was before people were asking me to do it i just started to do the content myself so you know when i would pull up to an event you know i would do a soft intro and welcome in, into the event before the video like all right we're here at nike's private event for this that, and the third it's for this tonight this is what's releasing let's bring you guys inside and give you a look at it and from there people just start to see it and then it was like hey you dress well you speak pretty well you're funny can you do this for us? And it just transitioned into me balancing out uh, being the personality, but also having the mind to drive and create the content on the back end. So double-edged sword. Right place, right time. And it, and yeah. it's, but it's born out of something we talk about all the time on this show, which is it's your passion for what you do and your love, the, the authentic love for sneakers and the culture, right? Like that's yeah. the thing that you can't teach. It's, it's, you know, it, it, it's you can learn the other stuff, right? The the actual technical skill of how do you intro and outro, and you can learn how to do that. But I can't yep. teach you how to. Yo, Ricky, how do you do that? That's just who you are, and it's because I love this. I love this so much. That's why it comes out like that, and that's the beauty of of so many people that are in and around this culture. All right, Ricky, you teased something earlier, and we're gonna get to that because coming up next, folks, is America's favorite segment, shoe and tell. Presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks, so stay tuned. What's good, everybody? We are back, and you know what time it is. America's favorite segment, Shoe and Tell, presented by Another Lane, the premier digital marketplace for dope kicks. <laughs> Chad and Adina are on a roll right now. So everyone knows about the Nike-Kobe, um, you know, the, that relationship ended with the Kobe Bryant estate. Chad was quoted in the New York Times, yes, the National Paper of Record, the New York Times, Chad Jones, a.k.a. Sneaker Galactus, quoted in a New York Times article about that. Listen, they are all over the place, and they were recently covered by Yahoo. Um, listen, this is a black-owned business by a husband and wife, and they are people who care about the sneaker culture because they are the sneaker culture, right? Like, this is people who are interlopers and who are, let me get out here and help you try to make a quick buck. 
It's not about the crazy resale and all the money. It's about the community and what they're building around that. So make sure you guys get over to anotherlane.com and check it out. Now, Ricky, this is your show, my friend. Show us what you got. Oh, man. So I got to say, sorry, because shouts to them, because I know know Chad, met Chad a bunch of times. Very dope. Love what they're doing. It's amazing for the culture. And I hope I make him proud in this very moment because <laughs> he's one of those dudes that's had everything in his collection. Uh-huh. So, we talk about a shoe that was impactful for me. Um, and this was actually the first shoe I bought with my own money. Mm. Um, I, I was in eighth grade. Uh, we talk about those early 2000 shoes. So, this was like either 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, or maybe 2002, 2001 going on, 2002 or 2002. Uh, but I'm a sucker for presentation. Yes, yes, sir. And the thing about presentation is, and I'm a size 13, so the shoes I have are not easy to come by. Mm-hmm. We talk about things for presentation. Mm-hmm. Still in the plastic wrap. I love it. You'll see the reflection on that. I love it. And this is not my original pair. But Jordan 17. Love it. Black on black, Jordan 17. Love it. Um, suitcase, presentation, everything highly crucial for me. Uh, one of my favorite shoes, the first shoe, I, like I said, I bought with my own money. Um, it's a very important shoe for me to have. So much so that uh, I'm looking at a gray suitcase right now and a red suitcase right now because I have all the OG colorway. <laughs> um, I actually have the all-star low pair, the Ooh. lightning pair, which is a very rare shoe. Indeed it and, is. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, and it, it, see, the bad part is like I was able to track them down, I think at this point, like four years ago. And there are four pairs of shoes and I paid $1,100 for all four of those shoes. Now, and they were all dead. Yeah, so the thing about that is somebody on eBay wanting to get rid of all of them, and we haggled it out and worked it out for $1,100. And the thing about it is all those shoes retail for 200 a pop. I paid about two, what's the number, 250 mm-hmm, $260-ish mm-hmm. Uh, for each pair of the shoes. So I'd say that's, that's pretty much a win for a shoe that's, yep. at this point, I think 20 years old. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm what we're looking at and they're still wearable uh they're not one of those shoes that are going to disintegrate i like Um, it i like it we talked about dunks so i might as well grab this dunk (laughs) because we're near the holiday it just passed oh and i probably shouldn't have these in my size in the condition (laughs) we're talking about a heavyweight shoe the cinco de mayo indeed indeed sb indeed talking sb Mm -hmm. uh you know People can do their, you know, research as far as prices on these, but I heard these go for a pretty penny, and I did not pray a pretty penny for them. Look at look at the sole. You I, can tell, these aren't even worn. To I, death, I see that they are they are crispy. Uh, let's see. What do I have? What do I have? It's fun. I wish we could see the view that you're looking at right now, just because like I can see your eyes lighting up. Yeah, you're like, like where yeah, do we go next? Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit that. Where do I go next? It's like, where do I go next? And I think I'm gonna go with. We made some jokes about like nostalgic movies, and anybody that knows my work, that I incorporate a lot of film. So 
what inspired my photography isn't actual other photographers. It's actually cinematography. So, you know, love Ridley Scott's work, love a mm. lot of different 80 movie, a lot of that 80s movies, a lot of different types of cinematography. And you can't really talk about 80s movies without talking about <laughs> Back to the Future. <laughs> and, you know, we talk about amazing basketball shoes from Nike and we talk about the hyper mm -hmm. You just mentioned Kobe and the estate mm -hmm. and technically one of the primary Kobe shoes as far as a model early on mm -hmm. and you know the mag hyper dunks yep. which I'm super happy to have and only worn a handful of times but these are yellowed a bit in the box I don't know if they're looking like it right now they think they look pretty good they do not so mad at those look at that man I mean that, 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 that's a shoe that pe a lot of people try to get their hands on man that's uh yeah 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 and since we're talking about homage right now I think it would be only right <laughs> I mentioned dunks before and always have to honor a late great. And if you like dunks, I feel like this is a must have to have in your collection. <laughs> the Doom Dunk, rest in peace, MF Doom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of the greatest to ever pick up a microphone mm -hmm. as far as lyricists go. And he put together great songs. There's a lot of great lyricists that can't put together great songs. Doom was able to do both. This was a masterful shoe. Um, the sample is even more amazing. The light isn't going to do it, but you got the, the soles yep. in there, mm -hmm. you know, with him on there. Amazing shoe. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. I'm going to keep the rarity with the Jordans up because this is probably a shoe I shouldn't have. And I tracked <laughs> down for years. Now, see, there's a lot of... Un see, the 17s aren't always the most appreciated, Jordan. Neither is this one I'm going to pull out. But the variation okay. of the version that I have in my hand came in this beautiful dust bag. Presentation. Mm -hmm. All about presentation. Mm -hmm. we talk about oh, yes, sir. Premium. <laughs> Jordan 2. Probably the most premium leather I have on any shoe crocodile on it all made in italy the two was initially created in uh italian warehouses and factories anyway these were done in italy this isn't a shoe i see every day wax uh, laces no. <laughs> premium leather another pair i probably shouldn't have at my size because i didn't get it when it initially released but an amazing shoe that i love and to close it out i love it man I always people see this shoe for me pretty often or a decent amount of time now. Sometimes I go with the autographed Hyperdunk version because I have it as well, and he autographed it. But I mentioned I'm a 13 for a reason. You know, Kent, there's one man that's a 13 and a heavy sneaker. Well, there's a couple people because, uh, was it Sean Mc, McBride? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sean McBride's a 13. Or Chi McBride. Chi. Mm -hmm. Chi. Chi. Sorry. Chi McBride's a 13. Uh, I think Perfect Pair is a 13. But when we talk about the OG of 13s, we talk about collection. <laughs> the Air Max 1 is my favorite shoe. I love it. Ask, I love it. my single favorite shoe, it's the Air Max 1. If we ask what's my favorite signature, I'm going to go with Andre Agassi and the Tech Challenge. But to have this shoe in my collection is one of my favorite shoes to own. And it's just something I've always felt lucky to have. Always want to show it. Uh, Clark has been somebody that whenever I see him, he always shows love. Um, 
whether it's dropping a quick gym, just chopping it up, always showed love to me, and I always want to show it back because he's one of those dudes that definitely paved the way um, for what I'm doing right now. Like, you know, I watched, whether it was me following stuff with him, Bobito, and other Mm -hmm. people within Mm -hmm. sneakers and all that stuff, when it was him and Russ, uh, and they had the the series and all that stuff, and just talking about things with Edward, sneaker culture that I love. He was one of the dudes that really just in so many different ways pioneered it and paved the way for what I wanted to do and uh, transitioned his passion and his love for so many different things and made it his life. And I try to aspire to do that. That's dope, love man. That. Love that. And that's, you know, I mean, anyone who's in and around sneaker culture, I mean, Clark, Kent, I mean, that's a name that, you I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. that, that, that's dope, man. We, we, we love those, those shoes that you showed. And, you know, I think it's all tied in well, I think. Sneaker Galactus will be very proud of the of the shoes you showed off. You showed off tonight for sure, for sure. I mean, you know, Chad Chad, Chad is that OG man, like that dude. Like, I mean, I again, I could talk to him for hours. I mean, he'll give you a, a, a legit like you know history lesson about all this stuff, and it's it, yep. it's wonderful. So, where can the people find you, Ricky? Man, this is this has been great. We love the conversation. Love what you're doing out there. Where can people find you and keep up with your work? So, I mean, to keep up with me, uh, you can definitely check me out on Instagram, Space Camp Fresh. Uh, that is the primary thing I use. I don't tweet that much anymore. My tweeting days are behind me. <laughs> um, you can check out the kid website, which is houses a lot of the content that we support and all that stuff, uh, at bigkids.com, which is kyds.com. And uh, while you guys are at it, if you're checking out kids, check out the Kids Meals team. And it's K-Y-D-S-M-E-A-L-S. And that's kids move love it man and folks you know where to find us we are on twitter instagram facebook we're all over the place at kicks and shit show as you know we are part of the count the dings family you can find us on the bomb podcast feed which is available on apple spotify stitcher soundcloud all of that until next time peace